Hello and welcome to a new conversation about software engineering. Today on the Case Podcast, we will talk about Open Tech School. My guest today is Martin Stadler. Martin is a UI engineer and web developer living in Berlin. He is very active in the Berlin chapter of the Open Tech School as an organizer and coach, and currently he's also the chairman of the Open Tech School Foundation. That's the German e.V. Welcome to the show, Martin. Thanks. Very happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you. So, um, we will be talking about the Open Tech School. So, can you say a few words about what that actually is? Sure. Um, so, we do a lot of things. Uh, so, it's hard to explain in one sentence, but I would say we are a community. And um, we are about um, helping people to learn programming or get better in programming. Um, And um, we do a lot of community-based activities. Oh, excellent. So, obviously, this is about learning to program, as you said. So, what do you actually provide? I mean, do you have any material or what, what do you do there? Yeah, exactly. We have some material for workshops. Initially, we did only workshops. Basically, one day or even two day on a weekend uh, workshops for absolute beginners, for instance. So we came up with our own material, how to teach JavaScript for people that never programmed or Python for people that never programmed and um, or Git and like teamwork in programming. And that evolved into also follow-up workshops for people with more experience and um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so... Um What kind of topics are you focusing on? I mean, programming is a very broad topic, so what is it that, that you're specialized in? Uh, true. Um, well, we are the open tech school, so we're we are serious about the open. Um, so basically, it's I think we do mostly web technology in a broader sense, um, but basically anything technology. Also hardware, we did some Arduino classes, um, We'd had a discussion about introducing like web design and that's where we said oh, we want to be technology. Uh, so I think basically everything about technology but kind of around web technology. Okay, so you gave some examples like Arduino, uh, JavaScript and Python. What are some, some other technologies that you have material on or that you do workshops about? Yeah, actually, I, just because I said only web technology, we also have a lot of data scientists in our community. Oh. So it's actually a bit broader than, than I just said. Um, and um, so currently, um, what I can think of is like JavaScript, HTML, CSS, Ruby, a lot of Python, different aspects. Um, we have some C++ in Zurich, I think. Um, Rust is something that we added to the community um, but that's actually kind of a flexible thing it's like coming and going sometimes um, Okay, so, so you said that there is also data science involved so uh, can you give examples of technologies in that field because I mean so far it's only programming languages, right? Uh, that's true um, Okay, I have not much clue about that stuff. Uh, okay. There's other people in the community, but I know they did some R and some database, like uh, MySQL um, kind of uh, beginner stuff, but also how to use some Python scientific libraries, something like that. Excellent. Um, so what's the license of the material? Can I just download it or what's... 
Yeah, it's a very permissive license. It's uh, it's a Creative Commons uh, share-alike um, license. And um, basically, we discussed when we started this and said we want this to be really as open as possible. So you're even allowed to use it in a commercial background um, because, well, that could uh, could enable contributions back to us. And we also said that our coaches that usually work for free for the Open Tech School why would they not be able to use the material they contributed also in a commercial um, environment? Yeah, except that uh, if you do share like, it means that whoever attends your, your course you know, um, would be able to also share the material, right? So Yeah, the material cannot be closed, but it right. can be used, yes. Yeah, okay, sounds great. Um, so I looked at the website and it said that the Open Tech School is a hands-on empowering and peer-driven. So... Can you explain what that actually means? Okay, um, so hands-on is, is kind of the how we do coaching. Um, um, we, um, we believe that it's a good way to learn technology and programming by actually doing it. Right. And um, we always tell people, like, bring your laptop or we provide a laptop for you just get started, get your hands dirty. Um, so all our workshops and other formats we do involve people actually working on stuff themselves. Um, we don't have any kind of teaching, only showing and talking about something to someone else um, formats. So that's the hands-on. Um, I guess that's also explaining the empowering um, because we want when people... We want people, when they come to our events, we want them to leave feeling more empowered being able to do something themselves. We want to motivate them and and um, and show them that it can be fun, that it's possible for them to do something. Because a lot of people come as a beginner, they are like really afraid that they will never get it, that they don't know, that they feel like this technology thing is this, this big beast that they cannot Uh, um, access and so if you give them some kind of hey you type this line of code and the button will be red um, that's kind of the empowering thing that they feel like okay if I continue here I can actually learn a lot of things and uh, peer driven means that that um, we want uh, to be on one one level like um, we work together so like if we have a workshop and someone is learning to program um, we're not teaching, we're coaching. means like um, we're sitting together and we're explaining that everybody has difficulties sometimes. Um, and also we want to motivate people when they learn something, they can already coach others. Okay, cool. So um, what I find interesting about the Open Tech School is that there are actually quite a few different types of events that you do. Um, so let's talk about a few of them. Um, What about workshops? Um, how do they work? Okay, yeah, workshop is how we how we started this, and a workshop means that um, basically we have to provide some kind of material, some kind of uh, curriculum, and let people know what they are going to be learning, and um, with a specific target group usually, and. Um, Those things are more extensive, usually like one day or two days, as I already said. Um, 
So mm. I would meet uh, with other people who are also interested in, let's say, JavaScript or whatever it is, and then you would do, you would uh, just go through the material. Yeah, exactly. I, I should explain this a bit more in detail. So um, there's a few um, few things we we want to make sure that work for a workshop. Um, so we want to achieve a ratio of coaches and learners um, right. of like one to four or one to three even. It's like one of our ideas that um, it's not so much stress for the coaches if there's many coaches. And um, also this is kind of the peer-driven thing that um, you can talk to a lot of people and ask questions. And it's kind of relaxed because there's not this one person that knows everything. Um, so you will have a lot of coaches and 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 like four or th uh, three times more learners, and do we get a little introduction at the beginning? What is this about? And then you will have the material on your own laptop as a learner, and you will like go through it in your own pace, and coaches will help you, and then we try to organize some kind of lunch break or something that everybody's in the same rhythm, and some demos at the end, and then we let people know. How can they continue where they where they are? And would I, would that happen on on a weekday or on a weekend? That really depends. Um, it depends on your environment. Um, so in Berlin, we we do a lot of uh, things on the weekend because that works for people, like Saturday, Sunday. Right. Um, we also have other experiences where where people are not available on Sundays because they don't want to do something like this and it could also work um, in the evening. But in general, most of the things we do are for like adults and the coaches are usually working somehow. So um, yeah, it's more like evenings and weekends. Okay. So um, what's the target group for these workshops? Uh, that depends on the workshop, of course. Uh, if we have a beginner's workshop, we try to find people that actually never really programmed before because we want to do this motivation thing to get them started right. and um, draw them into, into the topic. Um, but of course, if there's uh, intermediate or advanced workshops, um, there's very specific target group, what you, can, what you should know already. Um, and then, yeah, it depends on the material if it allows more flexibility. Like, um, uh, we also have some CSS um, material with the CSS classes together, and um, they kind of opened that format in a way that is very, although it's a workshop, it kind of targets a lot of experience levels at once, which I find very interesting. Mm. Interesting, okay. Okay, so, so much for the workshops. Um, I understand that they are not really, at least in, in Berlin, the focus anymore. Is, is that true? It's more a thing of um, resources, actually. We would like to oh. do a lot of workshops, but um, we haven't optimized it in a way that it's almost no work, so it's actually a lot of work to organize them. Um, so it's always easy for us to find coaches. We have a good network uh, in the community, which is actually our main asset, I would say. Um, but um, it can be a bit tiring to organize the workshops, um, to find the right people that you really want to spend your free time on like helping and um, to find a, a space and, and all of these things. Um, there's a lot of stuff to organize. So um, actually to answer the question, what can I do after the workshop? We came up with something that initially was called a, a continuous learning group. 
and uh, they grew and now we call them co-learnings and they are now kind of separate not separate but they are kind of big on their own without the workshop continuing thing anymore we can also turn it around and have people in the co-learnings and then let them know about a workshop for instance so they are quite successful successful currently and they are even more open because you just hang out together without any yeah any um you don't have to be in the target group or something it's open for everyone okay. any level And um, there's not much to prepare. You just hang out. You show each other possible material to work on. And so the co-learnings are currently happening a lot. So how does that work? Would I just join that group and then um, sit there and, and do stuff? or? Yeah, that's basically a good description. <laughs> okay. Um, so how we do it in Berlin is like we have a topic for a co-learning. So right. we have the web front-end co-learning, a long name, but we want to be specific mm -hmm. that this is about HTML, CSS, and JavaScript from a user right. uh, interface perspective. Um, we have a, a Python co-learning, a Ruby co-learning, a Rust co-learning. Um, I hope I didn't forget anything. Um, but we also had at least once and we want to we want to repeat it an open co-learning which was like no topic which also worked really good um so the idea is you you have some kind of common topic be it what open tech school does in case of the open co-learning or what i just mm. said all these topics um and you just hang out usually in the evening after work um in some like office or like launch style uh, space And um, if you have no idea what to do, if you're really a beginner or kind of looking for inspiration, you can maybe get some inspiration or someone more experienced can tell you this is a good tutorial for you. Um, or you bring like, your side project or something. Or you have a question where you're stuck in your portfolio page or something. And you can try to get people help you and you can also provide help. But there's no guarantee or anything. It's very open. So how do you make sure that ex people actually um, talk to each other or you know, interact in, in those sessions? I That's mean, a very good question. Uh, so there's a few tricks you, you learn when you do this for a while. Uh, like I organize, I'm organizing the web front and co-learning since over two years now, I think. And there were good times and times where not so many people came and when people talk too much or too little. And so you try little things and you learn how this works. So... A really, really good thing is that we do an introduction round after a while when everybody's there. It's not so much about being in time. And it's, uh, there's just one simple question. What are you going to work on tonight? And so you don't have to tell your life story, where you are, where you're coming from. Um, just what you want to do tonight. And you get a feeling about people's levels and what they can provide, actually. And so if someone's like, oh, I'm working on this Angular 2 project and I have no clue how to start, someone will say like, ah, I can help you with that. You know, I did that before. Right. But I'm working on this API call to get authenticated and I have some issues with that. And then maybe someone else will say like, okay, that I can help you with that. And someone is maybe coming with this portfolio project and it's, it's like, okay, I have this fancy idea of animations and someone else will be like, oh, can I just look a little bit what you're doing because that's really interesting to me, something like that. 
Okay, I see. Yeah, sounds sounds great. Um, anything else we need to to uh, cover concerning the colon groups? Um, maybe what you can do to learn something because people often ask, like, okay, I don't know really what to do. I kind of want to get to a junior position, but how do I do this? So we have a lot of these kind of conversations in the in these meetings. And um, these conversations are usually really helpful being in a community and not somewhere online. Um, but then people can recommend each other tutorials or kind of ways to go, which is, I think, very helpful. And we can provide the material we have, but we can also recommend other material. Like we're not like, oh, this is not Open Tech School. Um, so, yeah, it's like people do a lot of other online programs while they're coming to the co-learnings, which I think is a good idea. Yeah, yeah, sounds really great. So, um, what about learners meetup? That's another format that you that you're doing, right? Yeah, this one is a very specific one, um, which is, in a way, interesting to get new people into the community, and also kind of solve the issue of always having one specific topic. Learners meetup is specifically not one specific topic, and usually includes some kind of talk or presentation at the beginning about a technology agnostic um, topic. Like, of course, not completely agnostic, but something like how does HTTP actually works is interesting for a JavaScript developer or for a Python developer or for basically everyone doing these kind of things. Right. Uh, so you get some kind of basic intro to some technology can also be social things like how can I apply for a job or something. Um, Learners Meetup is also about being for any level because um, after that talk, um, we usually do something we call mini bar camp, um, which is essentially a bar camp for one or two hours. So people um, will just say what kind of topics they're interested in. We put them on stickers on the wall. And we make little discussion groups and then we come back and present what we discussed about. Uh, so it's like a community building open format, um, which is going on for quite a while now. Cool. There are other things that uh, you tried and uh, that seemed interesting. Um, so one of them is um, hackerships. So can you say a few words about that? Yeah, I wasn't really involved in that, but I'm uh, trying to explain a little bit what happened there. I think really interesting idea was how can we scale some of the things we do in Open Tech School and the values we have and live to something more like full-time, more serious, more career-oriented. Um, so I hope I explain it correctly, but the main idea is that you are already in the industry And you want to get better. You want to improve your position. You want to switch to a new technology. Um, you want to get into a new architecture, something like this. And uh, you decide to take some time off because your current job doesn't provide you this, this opportunity. Uh, so it's a three-month uh, idea. And you, you, you kind of do something like a co-learning workshop thing full-time for three months and there will be coaches or uh, hackers in residence was the was the name that kind of give you guidance something like that and um, it's kind of a mixture of the those hacker schools that are very expensive 
and kind of the open tech school idea. So there was also some kind of uh, donations involved after you go back to work, something like that. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't really possible to make it sustainable in a financial way. So at the moment, it's not active. Yeah, it seems like a very ambitious plan. Have to say the other thing uh, that you try uh, and and maybe maybe some one of the listeners might might figure out how to make it sustainable so what about the mentorship program that's another program that you tried right yeah actually i think this is the first time we officially talk about that because it's kind yeah. of in a beta phase we, we, we say um but the idea is to come up with something new in this in our environment something that's not new somewhere else but um, as I said in the co-learnings people ask a lot about how can I make myself be able to apply for a certain position or um, what should I learn until I I'm really good in programming or something like this these kind of long-term things right And if you have time to come to a co-learning every other week or something, maybe you feel like it's not enough. And um, so the idea is to um, provide a one-to-one -one mentorship uh, thing in a way that, well, you can basically talk to anyone and ask, hey, can you be my mentor and can we meet every other week uh, for a coffee or something? But we provide kind of a good matching of people and we want to make sure that this works in a way we think it should work like in a in a healthy relationship and um, um, so the idea is that we actually have something that we call mentor mentor or parent mentor so we have a third person involved in the one-on-one -on -one thing that actually just makes sure everything works well direction makes sense kind of asking for feedback um, Is your mentee, is, is that working for you? Is your mentor working for you? And so far it's working great. Like we do it for a few um, people. We get good feedback and um, we're thinking of extending that. Yeah, sounds really great. Um, so, so much for uh, what, how you do it and, and what you're doing. Um, I think it's also interesting to talk about um, how the organization works. So, well, first question obviously how is Open Tech School actually organized? So what kind of organization is it? How does it work? Yeah, um, we are a community. So okay. that's like a kind of vague answer, I know. Um, we also have this foundation, EV, in, uh, based in Berlin. But this is more like f a legal entity um, right. to handle certain things, like certain payments, donations, mm. um, things like that. Um, and also maybe to decide a little bit where we are heading. But in an international setting, it's always a bit hard to do this in, in one from one country or something. So we are really only a community uh, organized in chapters for for different cities. So we started in Berlin, and Berlin is kind of big in technology. And I think this kind of do-it-yourself community idea is strong in, in in Berlin in general. So we are the by far the biggest chapter. Um, But we set up a uh, structure where basically you can create your own chapter, which can be very small or very big, it doesn't matter, and just benefit from the network, benefit from the material, from our workshops, um, collaborate somehow. Um, 
Yeah, we have chapters in different cities. Um, so um, active ones would currently be Bristol and Brussels, Dortmund in Germany, Göttingen. Not sure if there's something going on right now, but maybe they're coming back. Mm -hmm. Hamburg, London uh, and Zurich. Um, and there's a lot of others that are currently rather inactive. Um, I'm kind of trying to keep the overview, but it's really hard because mm -hmm. people really want to work on their things and don't want to do calls and communications all the time. So we are very unorganized, organized. <laughs> okay. And... Um, Yeah, we, sometimes we have these community calls where we have like a video hangout and talk to each other and um, we try to make an organizers meetup in, in Berlin where we just talk about how our individual meetups are going because every meetup has a few organizers that where we share um, responsibilities and um, yeah, in other cities it's, it's like that too. Okay, cool. So um, the the formats that we just discussed, the, the type of events that you're doing, um, it's not like every chapter does the same events, is it? No, it's not like exactly the same. Um, I think the, the, the learners meetup is also happening in Dortmund, as far as I remember, maybe also mm -hmm. in Hamburg. Um, workshops, something that we all share and um, usually also use the same material. Right. Um, Co-learning is also popular in different chapters. And then each chapter can also have their own kind of new ideas depending what their community is made of. Look, for instance, in Hamburg, there were a few teachers involved, so they were more interested in working with schools. Um, yeah, it's, again, very open. Okay. So how do you make sure that, that good ideas actually spread from chapter to chapter? Is there, there a way to do that? Um, it's hard, actually. Um, The community calls can be a means for that. Um, yeah, it's more like it's actually a, an issue we have because, as I said, people don't want to work on communication so much and they just feel like they don't have enough free time to do what they do and also work on organizational stuff. Um, so there are some ideas we have how to do it, but they are not always executed. Um, so yeah, having these kind of calls, also kind of having one person per chapter that kind of talks to the others was one idea that's currently not really uh, active. Um, yeah, I also would love to do some kind of open tech school bar camp where, where people yeah, actually right. travel and meet. Um, but yeah, it's all not really something that we do on a daily basis. Okay, I see. Um, can you talk about how many people are actually involved in, in this activity? It's, again, really hard to say for me, actually. Um, I just got this number that um, our internal email um, accounts, um, there's like 130 people using, having, have used them in the last year. Um, so that would be organizers, because uh, you only get that email if okay. you're kind of an organizer of your chapter. Right. Um, and then... Coaches are usually not organ necessarily organizers. Sometimes you are both, but a coach can also be just someone that, hey, would you like to come on Saturday? You're, you, you know about JavaScript, right? And I know you're like kind of an open and, and, and um, nice person. So um, we'll give you this coach introductions how to do it, and then you can just do it on a Saturday, right. and that's it. 
Um, so we have a lot of people in this kind of network, but actually I have no idea how many. Um, and then in terms of uh, participants, it's also really hard to track because we don't like write down every everyone's mm. uh, participation in one of the co-learnings or something. And we have very varying kind of return rates of people that come regularly or only once and check it out and then maybe it's not the right thing for them or, or they choose some other event. Um, so I just know like we, we do a lot of, uh, we do most of our event organization is done on meetup.com. Right. And, and there we have members of the groups. Um, so for instance, in Berlin, it's, it's a really, really big group. I think it's the biggest group in Berlin. It's like uh, almost 7,000 members. Wow. But that can be that half of them are not really active and muting all their emails. I don't really know. Um, but I think because we have so many co-learnings, we have a lot of people like, being in touch with the community. So that's great. And um, also in the other chapters, there's like um, different numbers, but sometimes almost a thousand members too. So actually, I just uh, um, added all those numbers of the active chapters, and it's like 13,000 meetup group members, but wow. I don't really know what that means. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, but I mean, uh, looking at the at the schedule, I, I guess there is like activity every week, each and every week, and I guess more than than one activity, right? Yeah, that's also a great thing about the co-learnings because they are so uh, low maintenance, so low effort. Right. Um, basically, one of maybe three or co-organizers of one of the co-learnings has to be there and has to have a key organized, which is already a commitment, but. Um, because we have multiple different co-learning groups. Um, yeah, there's actually something every week, um, sometimes multiple things in a week, So, which is also great to give people a contact point if they want to like, talk to someone or just check it out. Okay. Um, so is there any kind of commercial entity? I think we, you, you said there is this, this uh, foundation, the EV, the German EV, so that's, I guess, the entity that that sort of officially runs everything, right? Exactly. Um, at least the things that need something to be run. And um, we are gemeinnützig, uh, um, means in, in, uh, in German law that uh, we can do uh, tax deduction and stuff like this. Um, we're not for profit and we don't have any plans to be for profit in any way. Uh, money can be involved, um, but yeah, not for profit, and basically to yeah to make possible what we do. So the events are all free for the participants, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I never mentioned that, right? Because yeah. for me, it's natural, but it, it really is not. Um, there's never any participation fee. It's like one of our core values. Sometimes being uh, being discussed about like, oh, how can we make sure people actually show up? Maybe we charge one euro and then there's some people saying, no, things are for free. You know, this needs to mm -hmm. be important. Uh, so actually, yes, everything is for free. And also there's no plans on paying coaches. Right. Because um, this is kind of what our community is. People actually like to do that. They also benefit from being coaches because it's a great experience. And if as soon as we would start one person for this, that would be like that would be strange. Um, currently, we're not paying anyone to do anything, but that's not something we're proud of because I think if we find a way to get a bit money and donations, and we could pay people for organized stuff, that would be great. 
because as I said, like workshops are not mm. happening so much because of the, the lot of work of organizing. And I think nobody really wants to do the organizing. So there wouldn't be any problems if someone gets paid for this. Nobody would be like, why is that person pay? Everybody would say, oh, thank you for doing it. Um, but coaching and learning and participating is, is all for free. Okay. So let's take a look at, at the history. So when did you start Open Tech School and how did you do that? So the history actually starts with the JavaScript user group in Berlin and Rails Girls. And this was like end of 2012, I think. Mm -hmm. um, in the user group, we had people from Rails Girls having a talk about what they are doing. So Rails Girls is basically doing roughly the same thing based on Ruby on Rails and focusing on, on, on women. Right. And um, so they did that before Open Tech School was born and we learned about it. And the JavaScript community back then was kind of small and very strong. So we were like, we want to do something like that too, but we also want to use JavaScript or other languages. And we want to just kind of support this idea on a broader level. So we were like, there was a lot of people in that group saying, okay, let's meet, let's talk about how we can also do something like that. And that's how this, the first JavaScript for Absolute Beginners workshop happened. Like some people just sat down and wrote material and, and we just did this workshop. Um, and there was a lot of energy and this was great. And so beginning of 2000, 2013, this foundation was, was uh, founded. And um, then there was like other languages and other people. Uh, so that grew from there. Okay, cool. Um, so, what is your motivation? I mean, why are you doing this? It's all for free, so obviously it's not about the money. So, what's the reason for, for people who are involved in Open Tech School to actually do that and well, spend all the time on, on this? Yeah, this is a very interesting question. Sometimes people don't really get that we just do this without directly benefiting from it. Um, I think there's a lot of answers to that because we have a lot of different people in our community. I'm trying to think of some. Um, I think a lot of people, or I know a lot of people, um, want to improve our community. I think this is one of the main common uh, motivations. We want to have a better uh, gender equality. Um, we want to have more diverse people in the community. So we just want to enter one more entry to the industry, to the community. And uh, we focus on, on doing it in a way that you feel welcome, that even if you're kind of scared, that you have a nice environment, a safe environment to do this. Um, so people spend their free time kind of showing other people that they can do it, that they should be part of that. Um, then there's people that just like to hang out with like-minded people and spend their free time without any pressure from their boss doing fun things. Um, what else? I don't know. Personally, I experience that coaching helps me a lot in my own profession, being a software developer or architect or something, because I have to explain concept a lot. And... Not only that, because that's also something you do in your job anyway, right? But you also ha get a lot of questions. 
And it's very, very interesting to think about all of these questions and find answers to them. And you see, oh, people have different perspectives on things. And I think that makes you a better better engineer because you, you learn how to explain things, to document things, um, to see things from different perspectives. Um, yeah. So um, I found it interesting that you said that um, this is also about, you know, uh, raising diversity and these kinds of things. So, I mean, with with a group like Raids Girls, where, I mean, actually the name already says, sort of says it's about diversity. Um, this is not too obvious if if I look at open tech schools. So do you see that happening? Is it really that, that um, people are attracted to our profession and to our field that otherwise wouldn't be attracted? Um, yeah, I think grade schools are focusing on that more. That's true, like, obviously. Um, but we are taking this open, again, really serious. So we are, like, open to everyone. And so we're not focusing so much on certain groups. But I actually do see this happening. And um, we're trying to transport that in a way, like, we post pictures from our events where it looks really nice. And then sometimes, and this personally makes me very happy i get this feedback sometimes someone is like okay i'm i'm leaving the co-learning um for tonight thank you so much and by the way i didn't expect it would be so nice and it's like okay we're doing something right people were a bit scared and they found it found it appealing um and i think okay our gender ratio is not 50 50 um, but i think compared to most of the industry we have a much better ratio so that just shows us that we're doing something in the right direction i would say and um we also have yeah let's let's talk about some some groups although i don't really like it but we have some syrian refugees sometimes working on projects um we have people re um, recommending our events as a place where you can go and um just hang out and feel safe and, and work and um, we try to make this happen by the by the rules we have how we how we um, deal with each other mm. um, that we always have multiple organizers or coaches so if someone is doing something wrong even if it's not bad intention someone else can tell them like look this is not how we want to do it we have some rules for coaches for the workshops um, whenever someone wants to organize something just on their own, we say like, no, sorry, we don't want to do this because you have too much personal influence maybe because this should be community and the community should fix some problems. And, and we also talk if there's like individuals that, that are problems. We have a lot of other organizers and participants to talk about it, solve the problem. Um, so these are the things we're trying to, to do to to achieve that yeah so i think that's that's a great message that if you if you have proper um rules for the for the community that it helps with uh, issues such as diversity so i think that's great yeah of course now we also have a code of conduct and all of these things we yeah, take right. very seriously um we i think we need to communicate this even more um so so that we don't have people being surprised anymore that things are actually mm -hmm. nice and safe and whatever um But yeah, we, we really focus on that. Okay. Um, I guess we, we already sort of covered it, but uh, you were talking about core values. So what are the core values of Omtrak School? Can you give like a short overview? Mm -hmm. So, um, of course, we start with openness. 
um, which basically means we are open to people, we are open to technologies um, and all these different uh, things. And um, also it includes accessibility, I would say, being like open in the sense that you don't have to pay a lot of money. And empowerment, um, again, we want to focus that that people are actually able to do something themselves, that they, they type and um, have it on their machine, feel that they can do it, that it's possible to learn more if they are motivated. Hands-on, I guess we talked about that. Um, welcoming learning environment, so yeah, there's there's no reason to feel like, oh, I ask stupid questions or everybody else already knows things because how oh, these programmers just know how to do it and I will never do it. These are all these things that people are actually feeling even when they come to us. And um, yeah, we, we, we do our best to, to reduce that. Uh, transparency um, is also something with the multiple organizers and coaches, like everybody can know what we're doing. Um, there's no hidden motives or goals. Um, we're not for profit. We have a foundation where everything can be seen, what we do with money and stuff like this. And yeah, not for profit. Like we're not doing this to, to have a, like a um, financial benefit from that. Okay. So, um, can you share a few success stories from attendees, how, what, what they learned and how that, what, what the impact of uh, that was for them? Mm -hmm. So, okay. My favorite, personal favorite story is, is um, one girl, Jessica, she came to our, I think she came to the Webfront and co-learning first and then she also came to a workshop for the JavaScript for Beginners. Um, She's a biologist, um, but she wanted to get into technology somehow, at least a little bit. And um, she continued to come to our uh, co-learning, which is great because often people are coming a few times and then they leave and we never know why and stuff. And so um, she was progressing a lot. She was like learning Ember.js, stuff like this. And so we asked her if she wants to be a co-organizer so we can split responsibilities a bit more. And also, very important for me, uh, having an organizer that's rather a beginner is great because that makes people not feel like, oh, everybody's expert and organizer and coach and professional and I'm the learner. It should be more like on eye level. So in this case, having an organizer being also a kind of beginner is great. Um, and she kept learning and learning and, um, and then actually she found a job as a developer for a biology JavaScript thing. It was like perfect. Um, so yeah, this is actually my, my personal uh, favorite uh, success story. But I also hear of others saying, oh, we have someone in the Python group and he just got a job um, and he was th saying thank you because like we helped a lot and stuff like this. Um, happens quite a bit, yeah. Okay, so it's actually really something that uh, helps people to start a career in programming. Yeah, or just helping understand what technolo how technology works. Sometimes people come and say, well, I don't want to be a programmer, but I work with programmers and I want to understand more how that works. Um, 
for something like this or also like for for, for a hobby saying oh i really want to build like an arduino doing something at home uh, something like this and if people actually achieve their goal I, i would call that a success story yeah sounds really great um so i mean there are probably similar organizations i guess so um can you give examples of some of them We talked about Rails Girls already. I think they right. are really important and big one. And it's actually really hard to keep track of all of these um, organizations. We're just one of many. And I'm always torn between, ah, we, sh we should, like, I don't know, open tech school. We should kind of include everyone, which is not never going to work because this is not how it works. Um, or, um, like, partner more... Um, It's again a lot of organizational work, um, but we like to uh, we like to partner. This is actually what what turns out to be be more productive than talking to each other about hey you should become part of us or the other way around. So we do partner with Rails Girls when they have a, a Ruby workshop. Sometimes they ask us to do to provide some HTML CSS coaching and some material because that's what they don't focus on which is great i mean we started being inspired by rails girls and then we mm -hmm. start partnering with them it's, um, it's a good story um what else there's a lot of things online um free code camp is something i can think of Uh, it's still on my list to really get into it and understand how it works because they i think they're doing an amazing job and they are growing fast um, but so far I think it's it's focused on online and so what we do is like we, we say like people can come to our events like to our co-learnings and do the free code camp stuff online so we're kind of merging with them in a way so that's that's something that you would usually do online the, the free code camp as far as I understand they have a curated list of online material even from other sources um so they, they solve the problem of where to start, what to do next. And it seems like they're providing more and more things, but I should really look into it more. I don't really know. And they also have these online communities where they encourage people to meet in person. And actually, I got in touch with them once and said, like, hey, you can come to our events because this is a great match. Like, right. we don't have the best material available, but we have a great community. You have a good list of great material, We can just do that together. Okay. Um, what about uh, the app summer camps? Um, as far as I understood, it's something that um, happened in the Open Tech School Hamburg community. Mm -hmm. As I already mentioned, there were some teachers, and I think they they grew and they got a lot of funding now, and they're doing amazing stuff, like showing um, students in schools how to do apps and also do the same thing, motivate them to learn more, mm. to make it accessible, say like, look, you're using these, these apps all the time. It's not magic. You can do it yourself. And then that would happen during the, the summer vacation, I guess. It's, they are called uh, app summer camps. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And... Um, They also have these IT labs, I believe. Wow. IT labs um, was happening in Berlin, I think, uh, from Technologie Stiftung Berlin. Um, and I think they try to connect uh, industry and, and universities mm. and uh, these things and also schools. 
um, I think mainly schools. And so Open Tech School was kind of involved um, sending coaches and organizing some things. It's currently not happening anymore. It's like, yeah, so we had a lot of, uh, we had a few things also getting in touch with schools, but it's a bit of a different story because most of the things things we talked about are for adults. Right. Um, so we're not sure. It's like, okay, we're open tech school, so we can try these things. Um, but I think we are we're mostly for, for adults. Right. Um, what about the Node School? Node School, ah, Node School is also one of the things that you could compare a little bit. Okay. They're focusing, like really focusing on Node.js. Right. Um, and uh, they have like a lot of material that you do in the console and have like some fun responses when you do exercises. Um, so um, we got in touch with uh, actually one of the organizers of Node School Berlin. Um, also came to our co-learning once and we kind of got in touch and said like, hey, this is great what you're doing. We're open tech school. We don't want to focus on Node, but why not add it? And, and um, why have a separate... We can help you with... Um, um, we can help you with promotion because we have this huge meetup group. You can just be part of that. So we just said like, okay, we're partnering. You can keep the Node, Node School brand but you can also use the open tech school brand and we we're kind of cross promoting and we just make sure that that our values are the same which in this case really works out okay and what about the the css classes i think they are also similar yeah css classes is actually um it's basically what we do in open tech school but focusing on css okay um and it's coming out of the css conference group But actually, these people also used to be founders of Open Tech School. So there's a lot of kind of family okay. style. And they don't want to spend too much time in Open Tech School organization and all the stuff. I discussed it with them a lot. So we accept that they have their own brand and they are focusing a lot of this like conference plus workshops thing. So again, we're partnering. So we have a few people that are active in both groups. We're cross-promoting um, And we're always recommending their material if people want to do CSS because it's really great. And um, yeah, their workshops are also kind of um, kind of an evolution of what we did so far in Open Tech School, being a mix of a workshop with a fixed set of material and some kind of curriculum and these open co-learnings where you basically can whatever you want to do. Um, and their workshop are like one-day workshop but kind of for every level, um, which is actually great. Yeah, sounds sounds really great. Um, so given that this is quite an active group, um, still the question is, how do you sustain that? How do you make sure that that uh, it stays around? Yeah, that's, that's a very good question for these kind of initiatives. Um, I think the co-learnings are an answer to that because you don't have to do so much. This kind of... I don't know if it's in a, in a, yeah. It's kind of people burn out fast in this kind of initiatives because they organize a lot of things and they create a website and the branding and everything. And then after doing it three times, they feel like, okay, it's a lot. So how do I sustain this with my job? And it's right. So um, you see a lot of these things happening and then they disappear again. 
And we have the same problem in Open Tech School, for instance, with the workshops that currently are not happening so much. We can always bring them back, and I think we will, but this is hard in terms of sustaining things. So the co-learnings are actually super sustainable um, because the benefit is really high and the maintenance is really low. Um, so And you can integrate it into your normal week's rhythm. So most of the co-learnings are every, every two weeks or once a month. Um, so people are like, okay, I can do this for a long time. Like, okay, I'm committing myself to at least go every second co-learning. So I talk to my co-organizers. So once a month, one night a week, I can do this for a long time. It's not like, okay, after the third thing, it's too much for me. So this works great in terms of sustaining. And this keeps the community active and growing. Um, otherwise, we are thinking a lot about getting some kind of funding or, or don more donations to pay some people for organizing stuff. And that would actually help us a lot, I think. But it's all ideas currently. Okay, cool. Um, so this really seems like a, like a great idea and I really want to join. So how would I attend an open tech school or a similar event? Um, you go to the website opentechschool.org um, you find your chapter and um, the meetup group and you just check the calendar and see what appeals to you and you just go there. Go there, yes. For a workshop you have to sign up um, and there's limited uh, space of course. Co-learnings are usually open because there's there's not too many they, people they coming. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so let's assume that there is no local open tech school. Um, What do I do? Um, if you are really dedicated to starting something, that's amazing. Um, you get, get just get in touch with us. Um, maybe in the forum, we have a discourse forum. Um, or you just write an email and or social media. Somehow, we have a lot of channels, so it's hard to decide. Um, and you just make yourself heard and say, I want to start something. And then we usually support in trying to find other people in the same area. Um, so if you have a little group ready, actually we are going to help you with setting up some infrastructure, um, like a social media, um, meetup group, something that we actually have to pay for, but we cover that, um, giving you a lot of tips how to do this. We'll have a call probably or something. And then we usually would recommend you start with some kind of co-learning or initial workshop and see how it goes from there. Do you have any idea how long that would take me or how much effort that would be to start my own chapter somewhere? I think it depends if you're able to create a little community. If you're basically on your own, you're on your own. <laughs> so that's that's tough and that's probably not going to work out because of the community thinking we have. So you need to find a few people that want to do this. And then if you have a few people around you... Um, And you don't think too big. You more think in terms of like frequent co-learning, learners meet up maybe, and then once once a year a workshop or something. I think that's possible and it's not too much work. Yeah, because it really doesn't sound like a lot of work, to be honest, like like setting up a co-working, uh, sorry, a co-learning um, event every week that seems to be... Uh, you don't have hard. to do it every week. Um, just Actually, the only one that's... Every week is the web front and co-learning, okay. and we have like four core organizers. 
and um, that's not that that's not really necessary. But depending on your city, if you just put it on Meetup, um, people might sh just show up. Yeah, you will have a, a small okay. group of people, and then you see if there's actually interest in making this bigger. Yeah, and and uh, as you said, uh, you would help uh, the people to set up that Meetup group. By the way, is this something that is like? limited to germany because we were talking about you know berlin hamburg and um, in particular those chapters or could i also do it if i'm you know in the states or somewhere else no of course like we have a lot of inactive chapters unfortunately um but um they are all over the world like australia and melbourne was really active oh, okay Uh, the story was that actually someone visited Berlin from there. He was part of the Berlin group a lot, a, a, quite some time, and then he moved back, and he got that started there. And so they also had like some spaces where they could go. They had a big community, and then some people stopped doing it. So currently, it's it's kind of on hold. Um, but we have uh, we had chapters, or we're having inactive chapters in a lot of places in the world, and there's nothing that stops you from doing it somewhere else. There's nothing Germany-specific or European-specific. Um, it's Culturally, it's interesting. If you actually have the same kind of do-it-yourself approach. Like, for instance, um, I was traveling a bit in, in East Africa and I started something in Nairobi uh, just to try it out because I got to know some people there that right. did similar things and say, hey, let's try the Open Tech School concept. And uh, I think there was not enough interest because everybody was already doing something else, uh, kind of in the same field. But also we got this feedback that just do it yourself and everything's for free was not so interesting there because they got a lot of sponsored events there. <laughs> and they kind of got used to big companies presenting stuff for them and paying lunch. Um, Or in Sweden, in Stockholm, we, we did some things and we said like, oh, we do Saturday, Sunday. And everybody was like, sorry, Sunday is family day. So we, things are different in different places in the world. Okay, so you probably need to figure out how, how to do it there. Um, what kind of help are you looking for? Um, okay, what kind of help? Be a nice participant is great. Okay. Um, be a coach, even better. Uh, there's not much you have to commit to. You can just come once and help people. Like this happens sometimes at the co-learnings. In the introduction round, someone's like, oh, I'm here for the first time. I just wanted to help other people. I'm good in JavaScript. This is really great. Okay. Um, we would need uh, help in social media and promotion and stuff like this okay. a lot. I think we could we could reach much more people. If we were better on Facebook, for instance, um, nobody wants to do that in the current community. Um, we we would like to get donations. You can become a, f a member of the German uh, Foundation, okay, and pay a little fee and well be part of it and then decide where we were, where we are heading and how to spend the little money we have or maybe in the future more money. Um, and, and it's tax deductible, right? Yes, of course, yeah. of course. Uh, what else? Um, we could need help in like reaching out to people and tell them about this. We want to partner more with like schools, universities, social workers. Um, okay. Get the word out because we're quite in a bubble, to be to be honest, which yeah, is sad. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, what about companies sponsoring you? Is that something that you do or is it limited to uh, persons? Um, we're open to that. Um, it's like kind of a chicken-egg problem because I think you get donations if you ask for donations in a certain way and tell them what you will do with the money. But that's something you have to organize. Um, oh, okay. And actually what we would need is someone organizing that. Um, I think there would be companies ready to sponsor stuff. We wouldn't be open to like promote them too much because we want to mm. be independent and sure. do it yourself. That wouldn't match so much. But if someone would would like to support us um, financially, um, I mean, we do get support already. Like we we go to co-working spaces for free in, at, in the evenings or in the weekends. Mm. Um, These like space donations are important to us too. In other cities than Berlin, sometimes this is hard. Um, so how a company can also support us is just sending people. Like if you're a tech oh. company, um, well, give your developers two hours uh, off uh, in two weeks and send them to a co-learning or something. And they will actually be better developers too, is what I think. Um, Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, yeah, I mean, as you pointed out, that uh, uh, being a coach actually helps to become a better developer and and better uh, better architect yourself. Yeah, that's true. Then we're working on a new website, so help with that is appreciated. It's on GitHub. It's everything's open. Um, all of these things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, thanks a lot. I think um, that's uh, what uh, Umtech School is really a very impressive project and, and you're doing great things. So thanks a lot for taking the time and uh, talking to me. And um, we will put some of the links that we mentioned for Umtech School and so on in the show notes. So um, feel free to, to browse them and take a look around. Thanks yeah. a lot. Thanks a lot too. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>